Hey listeners, Lex on the Decks here. Before you get stuck into this episode of Hot Girls, I wanted to let you know about something else you may be interested in. Though Hot Girls in its podcast format isn't releasing new episodes any longer, if you head over to my Substack, which is lexonthedecks.substack.com, you'll find more interviews and insight on gender minority artists and how to overcome any barriers to entry. You'll also get the opportunity to sign up to my weekly newsletter, Five Good Things. This is an email letter which will land in your inbox on Fridays, sharing five of my favourite cultural or creative discoveries of the week. You'll find all that on lexonthedex.substack.com. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Hot Girls. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. stuff i'm like oh yeah it's nice though because i guess like when you miss it and then you've got you've got that time to get back into it you just appreciate it so much more so like yeah know. and you yeah. just kind of you're like ideas are kind of generating in your mind so yeah but then i just try and be disciplined so that i don't end up because i like i think you're kind of similar like when you have a lot of things going on it's very easy to get excited at the start of the process or like a little bit of something because that's where it's really fun. The actual finishing of something, by the time you're in the finishing stages, you're kind of over it and it's like started to get a bit boring. So yeah, I have to be really true. strict with myself to be like, make sure you actually complete before you then... Oh, I have such a bad habit of doing that. <laughs> like a lot of projects, it's just like, especially like something on Logic will be like a eight bar loop and then that's it it will never be seen again <laughs> yeah. like, that oh, sounds good yeah <laughs> at some point though you might just find it and then it might be a magic moment where you like go back and pick it up maybe hopefully <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna spread that positivity hello hello everyone and welcome to hot girls this week I am joined by Baklava a super exciting artist and DJ who's really pushing forward the newest sounds in UK Garage at the moment, um, as well as catching the attention of Radio 1's Todd T and Mr. Jam with her latest releases. She's also been a regular on Rinse FM and co-founded Spin Sugar, a platform for promoting female DJs and producers. We're going to be exploring her experiences being a DJ and an artist and also how she fuses the two. We're also going to be talking about Garage and we're going to be talking about who's inspired her along the way. So, Maclava, welcome to Hot Girls. Hello, thank you for having me. Ladies, gentlemen, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls. With Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. Okay, so the first thing I want to ask you about, you have three flags on your Instagram. What are they and like, what do they represent? 
Ah, okay. So I'm guessing the first, I can't remember what the first one is, but I've got, um, I'm Lebanese, Armenian and Irish. So my mum grew up in Lebanon, moved here when she was like 18 uh, with like, with my nan who is Armenian. And on my dad's side, they're all Irish and they, he also moved, I think in his early teens. So yeah, they both didn't come from England, but yeah, I grew up here. But that's my um, heritage, basically. So I've got like half Lebanese, half Irish and a bit of Armenian there as well. <laughs> a bit of Armenian. So <laughs> yeah. Did you grow up, you grew up in the UK? Yeah, yeah. No, I grew up, grew up in uh, South London. Okay. So when you were, what was the music you were listening to when you were growing up? Did you listen to like Lebanese and Armenian music? Yeah, it's really mixed. There's like videos of me when I was like three dancing around like my mum's favourite like Lebanese music from like the 90s. Some of it's some of it's really cheesy. Some of it's actually really good. Like I still listen to it now. And it's got like the classic like sort of Arabic instruments, a lot mm-hmm. of like the oud and Arabic drums are really cool. Um, <laughs> so I've had, I've had that growing up. But like my dad's always been really into music and listens to like quite a lot of like classic rock bit of like country as well so I had that growing up my mum as well likes dance music so I've had like a quite a big mix growing up and yeah I also discovered like music for myself at like a later age like I never had the kind of I feel like I listened to like a lot of soul which I really I don't think I ever really had influence from my parents but um found that out for myself like in my early teens yeah yeah always been really mixed which is good too mixed but the clava presumably like call outs the lebanese yeah things (laughs) yeah I've had that I've had that all my life and it's still my favorite dessert so (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love it it's so delicious good oh oh, yum Has that always been the name that you've DJed under or was that just since you started making your own music? Yeah, um, I can't remember. I think um, when I first started, I had some I had some other ideas, uh, but I wanted to keep it quite close to my heritage. So, yeah, I thought, well, what's my favourite? Oh, I love food. What's my favourite? <laughs> <laughs> that's done deal for me. <laughs> Something I've liked forever. I know I'll always yeah. like it. I'm never going to fall out with this. <laughs> exactly. When did you start DJing? Because that came first, right? Before you actually start creating your own music. No, I feel I've actually been a singer uh, longer than I have a DJ. First song I wrote, maybe when I was about nine, called like Good Friends. And it's really, it was really awful. But but, um, for nine, I wouldn't have expected any better. But um, yeah, I've been like writing and singing for... Yeah, as long as I can remember. And um, DJing, I did like a workshop when I was about, I want to say 12, on like a holiday, family holiday. And like these group of kids just got to like have a go basically. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I didn't really get to do anything more with it until I came and moved to Brighton for uni. And it was it was literally all my friends just started jumping on like the bandwagon. And just one of my friends got a set of decks and then I had like another group of friends that got some decks. And I basically would just go to theirs and just like have a go. Because bef- but leading up to that, I was just always like from, I think from the age of like 16, I got really into dance. Um, and it was like the forefront of what I was listening to. I was listening to a lot of, a lot of dubstep and then house. And I just remember going to like a load of festivals and um, like raves and parties and just, yeah, just 
thinking like how sick it would be if, if I could do that. And I've always, you know, been complimented on my music taste. I've always the one to stay in the orcs at parties. So yeah, it made a lot of sense for me to just take it up. But I definitely didn't see it as a career path. It was more yeah. a hobby. And it wasn't until like maybe a year, year and a half, two years ago, where I thought, well, why can't I just DJ and sing at the same time and make it one thing that I want to do, which, yeah, now I can't see myself doing anything else. Yeah, that's what I think is like really special when I've been listening to your stuff but also watching is the way that you confuse the two but that would stress me out I think because yeah, quite a lot of concentration needed just for DJing so then singing I'd worry that I'd get carried away and be like oh I missed them I missed it the most stressful part of it is how I'm gonna hold my mic because I haven't got a Britney mic set up just yet which is something I need to get on it's like I'm trying to like get the mic ready, turn it on, still mix with the other hand. And obviously like sometimes you need you need both hands to DJ pretty much. So <laughs> yeah. one handed, it is a mission. Yeah. Um, so you've got to like time really well how you're going to just sing, not have to use both hands for everything. But it, yeah, it never ends up going that way. So I'm like always like, I look really fiddly when I do it. But so far it's not been too stressful <laughs> <laughs> you haven't had any like crisis moments where you've like dropped no. stop complaining like you got birth misconceptions got you coming on strong and i know that it won't be long before you ask me through your singles and your kind of journey with them and how you first started yeah so my first one control came out in October and that was spell with no vowels people yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was with Wookie actually I got very very lucky how I've met everyone has been genuinely through sheer luck I was actually playing at a house party and my friend's dad came up to me and said um oh my gosh I haven't danced this much in years <laughs> and uh basically put me in touch with my management management and with Wookie and basically from there we basically just like collaborated uh on this single and, and the hook to me came like instantly and it was yeah it was I felt like it was that, that was quite a quick process but um that song really meant a lot to me as well because I was kind of going through like a I was going through like a really complicated breakup and it was like the first time I started feeling like really strong and independent and I just really wanted my own control basically in my life. (laughs) So yeah, that song was yeah special to me and I'm glad that that was the first one to come out. A really nice moment to feel like in the breakup and like a nice place to be writing from, I guess, particularly when you're playing like more dance music. It's nice that it comes out of a good energy rather than like you know, heartbreak or some of the other emotions that you go through. No, I know. I think I, I think I tried to do that quite a lot. I think a lot of, well, until now, quite a lot of my songs, I think, have a meaning of just, instead of like dwelling on something sad, it's more like see the positive and how strong it can make you rather than how weak you're feeling at the time. Yeah, well, I feel like got it good. <laughs> that kind of naturally <laughs> leads on to that. that. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry for my exes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. But you just know that you're fine. That's good. <laughs> you need to be stressing. Like you're okay. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, quite good. It's basically, yeah, in the name. It's just knowing that no matter what's happened, I'm fine and I'm going to be okay. And it was, again, I think I wrote it around a similar time to Control. I think going through something like a breakup or anything traumatic is always a lot easier for me to write about because you're so engrossed in what's happening and it's almost like consuming your everyday thoughts. So yeah, I felt like I put a lot of my heart into the lyrics and I like the idea of you know even though it's dance doesn't mean it's not allowed to have meaning in the song I think you know when we think of like meaningful lyrics you might not necessarily think of dance as fitting into that field but I'm quite a strong believer of like you can have both of that yeah I think sometimes people can be like a bit lazy with their lyrics when it comes to dance music or they know that like they know that people are going to be in a headspace where they're just (laughs) this is a mate and they're not necessarily like taking the lyrics in so much so yeah it's true it's true totally hear you um I just wanted to like jump back quickly to when you first started working with Wookie. So presumably like, did you send him some vocals or like how did that process kind of come together? Yeah. So he basically sent me um, like a rough draft of what he had. And, you know, I think I work better when someone has sent me, like sends me like just like a rough idea and then we can just kind of like go back and forth to collab with it or like get in the studio. And we did get to that eventually as well. Yeah, he's he's a really nice guy and it was it was really easy to work with him. And if I hear something and I haven't got like a instant idea straight away, I find it really hard to work with. So because I heard it and I was just like, Oh yeah, I've got something already. Yeah. <laughs> it worked really well. So good collab. I hopefully get to do more with him soon. I saw him again recently, just like literally just before lockdown. I was working on another track. That was weird. I went into London just before lockdown and it was so empty <laughs> and I didn't, uh, I didn't expect it to be that bad because it hadn't, hadn't even all kicked off yet. And then it was like that one week, right? I feel like maybe it was in that week where some people started taking it seriously and everyone else was like, what? Because <laughs> we never yeah. lived through it before. I know, I know. But yeah, no, back, um, back to it. Yeah, he's a great guy to work with. And um, that song definitely yeah. means a lot to me, especially as being being like my first release. It was something that mm. I've wanted for so long. And I, I think I was quite hard on myself growing up. And when I was younger, I just, my aim was to have a single by the time I was 21. Mm-hmm. And I was always so adamant that was going to be, you know, if I didn't have a single by 21, that'd be it. Mm-hmm. Because in music, there's a lot of pressure to, do well younger because if you get too old it's you know it's a yeah but in dance I don't think it matters so much yeah I I kind of feel like there is you're right there's so much pressure on that and I think that totally comes from labels and like more popular industry and then I think because dance tends to go like underground first or community first I don't think there's quite as much ageism and that's one of the like really nice things about it. Yeah, it's good. And I think like the older I get, like the less I care about that, like any kind of stigma in that way. Cause it's like, well, age is literally a number, like, you know, talent, words, lyrics, music is forever. So yeah, yeah I was happy. It came out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it came out. Was, Yay. You didn't miss your deadline. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> 
so through the night's the latest single right yeah yeah Tell that um that came together that one I worked on with a guy called Chris Avant-Garde. Again, really lovely guy to work with. Uh, went to London and we sat down in the studio and I just said, I'm not, I'm not feeling my best. <laughs> I'm feeling sad and I want to make a really sad song. <laughs> and I think all my other songs have been really like happy and joyful. So, and I, and I like to like really sing out as well. I really like to kind of, show off what I can do with my voice so through the night is really quite it's more spoken to me um, and it's quite lazy with the vocals I liked it was more I wanted it to kind of have a message of just I'm talking to one person in the room and only they are kind of hearing what I'm saying and again through the night is about like a relationship failing basically and like not having an idea of what they want or what is going on Mm. I think it's funny there because like I think maybe because of the space you were in when you wrote it or whatever but like as a track I feel like it hits you a bit more than often I find when I listen to some electronic music you kind of listen to it in a way where it's like more background in your head and you're just kind of enjoying it whereas like through the night I feel like of your singles is a bit more something you would like you just kind of sit down and listen and you like plug into it yeah I hope so that's what I wanted from that one so yeah I hope it's resonated with anyone who's listened to it I'm sorry about all the heartbreak but it's, it's like it's providing I'm not, I'm not to thank for heartbreak honestly yeah like really it's like doing well it's doing well for you so are you single now you don't have to tell me no, I'm actually not <laughs> I wrote these songs almost two years ago so it feels yeah it feels weird just kind of going back into that headspace of yeah time. I think now I'm in quite a healthy one so yeah it's different it's good. I think I, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good for oh, life. It's very good. <laughs> but um, obviously, like I spent, I spent quite a long time being single, so that's why in that time I felt quite empowered, and I felt it was good to kind of write some songs that were like, you know, more positive about breakup than negative. Yeah, because I know, especially with a lot of, it's not a bad thing, but obviously, a lot of women we've got like, you know, a lot of sad, heartbreak songs, and. Uh, we need ones that like empower women as well. It's like, it's not all bad. <laughs> yeah. House, feel good about yourself. It's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't I need a man or a lady. So yeah. It's quite nice as well that you've got these songs that kind of remind you. It's almost like a reminder to yourself when you're in a bad place to be like, because when you're, when you're in that headspace, you feel like it feels so intense and then you come out the other side and it's like, oh, it's all okay. And it's nice yeah. to have those songs to remind you that if you're ever in a bad place or for anyone else listening, like you will come out the other side and your friends tell you and you're like, no, I won't. <laughs> this yeah. is going on forever. My friends literally do now use it against me. Like they actually, they sometimes will turn to me and when I'm feeling so, it's like, don't worry, you've got it, good. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like use my lyrics. <laughs> Quite literally on me. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> who have been some of the people that you would call out as being massive inspirations to you it's quite mixed I think um I'd say the longest inspirations I've had probably been I really love Aretha Franklin I do I have sung a lot of uh, Motown uh, growing up and I just like I love big soul soulful songs mm. um and I do love just like a big old belt so when I really feel like singing <laughs> I'll always you know sing along to some Aretha and also I really love Amy Winehouse mm. um her first album Frank definitely like in my top five favorite albums of all time 
And yeah, other than that... Are you a real album girl? You'd listen to an album through? Yeah, I I am. I think less so now. I feel like a lot of people... I mean, this is not true at all. I don't know why I was just... I was about to say, I feel like a lot of people bringing out... Well, singles is more of a thing now than than than, than an album. I think even if albums do come out, everyone's more... Well, in my experience, everyone seems to be more fixated on like one or two singles from the Mm. album. But I find that really sad. (laughs) They made a whole album. (laughs) Guys! (laughs) You're missing out on. (laughs) No, it's weird. But like, I guess people used to buy an album and actually sit there and listen to it through. And they could like, if you think like CDs or records, that was all you had. Whereas now you listen to it on streaming platforms. And so you only listen to maybe ones that you don't necessarily listen to it in order or in structure. No, I'm definitely still quite big on albums, I think. I mean, I've been releasing things in, you know, in singles. I, I, I hope to eventually get to a point where I've got an album. Yeah. Um, Did you think about kind of holding those singles back and like putting them together, maybe even just create like an EP or do you just... I did. I think, I think hopefully this year that'll come. Definitely EP on the cards. But yeah, it's nice how it's come already because I think if I just put everything out all in one go straight away it wouldn't have wouldn't have worked because I don't know you need to I think it's best to just have like one thing is people can get a feel for what you know what you're about and then you know leave them kind of wanting more I guess (laughs) (laughs) hopefully that's working (laughs) yeah I have a couple of really random questions for you yeah go for it one is you can be one person in the world for one day anyone who would it be oh my gosh that's such a hard question I know. <laughs> there are a few people I can think of I don't know about one it's got to be like I would say I bet everyone says Beyonce but I am going to say Beyonce Beyonce I think Lady Gaga or Rosalia just because I think even though like musically it's not exactly what I like what I do it's more their persona they're just quite I'm really into theatre and I think they're all quite you know they're performers as well as singers and they just show a story but they're also they also are free to meet like strong independent women and that's definitely what I'm all about preaching so yeah those three are the first ones that came to my to my mind who are alive (laughs) you can get three a day of each back to back and by the end of it you'll be absolutely exhausted yeah (laughs) (laughs) really exhausting yeah exactly <laughs> that would be amazing but no they're great on that note I really want to ask you about spin sugar when I started this podcast the kind of place where I came from really was like looking at rap music and like how disproportionately crazy it was whenever there were like 50 greatest rappers of all time or the female rappers were like barely there or there were maybe one or two of them there but obviously the situation is like such an issue across all kinds of genres of music and then production yeah. and everything. So yeah, where, tell me about Spin Sugar. I actually started it because of a, well, with my dissertation, it was a uni project. And I just wanted to hone in on women in the electronic industry um, because the electronic industry as a whole, women are still very undermined. I mean, they're, they're obviously, it's very different now to when I was writing about it. It was like five years ago now. Well, maybe four, I can't remember. But especially producers, I was just amazed. I came across a, I think it was a statistic that there was only 9% of female producers. I think it was in Europe. That just shocked me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's such a small amount of people 
or it might have been the it might have been nine percent in the world. Uh, I can't quite remember the exact statistic, but um, I yeah, I started writing about all the women that inspire me in specifically in in dance or even like on radio and everyone that's just kind of you know working in the sort of dj producer sort of uh, um world and spin sugar was my idea to basically inspire people who were thinking about getting into the industry and were kind of on the fence to just help them have the confidence to get into it and try try something out so at least that you know they can they can try out a workshop for a day or you know they can listen to an uh, listen or watch an interview see if they're still, still thinking about it and then just give them the confidence to go well this sounds like a good idea because mm. I really I didn't have anything like that growing up to sort of push me into the route of production or DJing even though I always thought it was a great thing to do I just never thought oh wait why I could do that I just I don't know why yeah. and uh, it's not a bad thing I came into it when I did but I almost wish I got into it earlier because I definitely could have if I'd had someone there to be you know who was who was the same as me like another girl similar age yeah so yeah. it started off as just like an Instagram account and I, I interviewed I think maybe 15 women and I was quite surprised at the replies that I got because they were not all of them were from the UK there was some had one a lady in Toronto and Italy as well and that was just like the first time I'd asked people to come back to me with their experience in the industry. Mm. And um, from then I just thought, well, well I can keep going with this. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> it's great. Well, you know, I set up my interview questions, sent them out and then just got, got them back. And then, yeah, from there it was just set up a workshop, um, which, you know, it has been a while since I've done that, but I would like to get back on that when um, all this is over and we can get back out from lockdown yeah but it was really good because honestly it was just it was just it's just nice to see how many women actually want to get involved you know they really want to try something new mm. um that maybe they might not have had the option of trying before so yeah. it's yeah, they just need someone else to say to them yeah this is cool like I'll help you with this it's great yeah like a space where it's safe to be a complete beginner yeah I think so often you just see like the results or the end of the process when someone's been maybe had exposure like as you said you had to kind of introduce to it through loads of your friends like I had like super similar experiences where I was just like really late into it because I just didn't know anyone or hadn't seen anyone who was like DJing or producing yeah I knew so it just wasn't something that crossed my mind I think visibility and like access makes such a difference because it just breaks that down for people and stops it being scary yeah, I think as well, it's just some of my friends have gone to... Um, is that your, is that electric light? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm turning something on. Yeah, I thought you were like, oh, sorry, I'm just... <laughs> Let there be light. <laughs> like a sensor. Let me just... Just my hand. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Sadly not. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never experienced this, but my friends have gone into other workshops where it wasn't was just open for everyone and you go there and you are still like the only woman in the room mm. and it's not you know there's no offense to the guys in the room it's not their problem it's just more that in general they are known to be the ones like at the top of the industry and there's loads of them and you know they kind of kind of they kind of overshadow you sometimes especially if you're the only girl in the room and you want the confidence to be able to give it a go it's it's better when you've got a whole room of women 
I don't know, I think it gives you more of a confidence boost, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's less intimidating. You feel like you can speak up more easily because you just naturally can relate maybe a little bit more to the other people that are there. Yeah, exactly. Similar experiences. Yeah. Teardrops upon your color Clouded by the shade of you Can't find a reason to be happy Just wanna waste the afternoon I hated faded romance You had me floating in it And when this party's over You can take me anywhere So the final thing that I wanted to ask you is, I always say this and then I ask like four more questions. I'm sorry, but um, (laughs) I wanted to ask what music you're enjoying right now. Who am I listening to at the moment? I'm listening to, oh, Yeji's new EP is great. The single Waking Up Down specifically, I've had on repeat for a probably like the last week (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's great she's actually like she's actually another dj um producer that also sings on her tracks it's okay i would say it's more spoken as well she does she does sing as well it's like really like soft she london as well no she's korean um but yeah she's i discovered her uh online i watched like a boiler room set that she did um, I'd never heard of her before and she did one, I think it was in New York and I saw what she was doing and I was like, oh my gosh, she's like, she's doing what I'm doing. She's doing <laughs> as well, that's great. <laughs> and I, I, I was so excited. Just, I, ha- I don't see a lot of people doing it. And yeah, and then I found out she does her own productions as well. I was like, wow, that is, yeah, triple mm. threat. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Um, so yeah, that, that EP is really great. And there's another song that's just come out, another like EP as well, from this girl called, I don't know if it's AMA or AMA, but it's Pixel Heart EP and the song Rush is really good. It's so, I think it's quite a, it's an EP with like a lot of, definitely a lot of genres in one. Yeah. Something that I love because I really, I really do like everything. I know that's such a generic thing to say, but I really do listen to all sorts of music. So when someone has got one album and it's like, oh, you've got a bit of that in there, a bit of that in there. I love it. It's like, that's, that's right on my street. Someone that's not afraid to experiment. Yeah. When you were first like writing your songs, did you find that that decision when you're, when you like such a big range of music, it's almost quite hard when you're like, I could listen to this and I also enjoy this. Yeah. I think even when I started DJing, I thought of singing and DJing as two separate avenues for me because the way I wrote, I was singing a lot of almost jazz, neo soul inspired mm. songs, maybe a bit of disco as well. I didn't really see myself writing, you know, garage or house, even though I loved them as well. But once I stopped thinking about, you know, genres as a whole and just thought, well, I can just write how I normally write anyway mm. and still interpret it into, you know, a dance song and it will still work for me. It's not going to feel out of place then it all sort of pieced together quite nicely. Yeah, I think I just, I thought about it way too much before. Yeah. I, you know, I really want everything in my sound. I, I'd love to like try out different styles uh, of dance um, so that I'm not, you know, just doing garage and house 
for the foreseeable future and try out some other forms of dance or any kind of music if I can yeah. try it all together it'd be great I'd love to do that yeah it's so nice I guess and you can use logic right you do you produce much of your own yeah, yeah. um so production is I've been producing now on and off for maybe the last three or four years I haven't like mastered it just yet I'm I'm quite good at collabs and I can come up with like an idea and obviously like I, I, I play a bit of piano and, and, and I do play guitar as well. So it's really good for me to like have an idea on Logic and it's something that I've used in the past where I've had um, like an eight bar loop and I've already recorded some vocals on um, and I'll give it to like another producer and say, you know, what can we do with this? And then he or she will help me adapt from my idea. So it's really good. I mean, I'd love to just be a master at it, at it um, which is the aim I'm giving myself in the next year so that I can just be you know like all in one lady and do it all myself that's the goal (laughs) that's the dream right because then you really can create everything that you want I think it's super liberating yeah that's one thing that's quite hard about collabs is you know trying to explain exactly what you want and for them to understand that it's not always easy and there's always times where I'm like well I don't think that really matches what I what I want or what I expect but luckily I've worked with people that have, you know, understood my vision, but obviously it would be a whole, you know, different story if I could do that all on my own. So mm-hmm. yeah, one day, hopefully. Yeah. All in good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actual final, final question. When lockdown is over, what are you most excited about doing? Oh my gosh. That is such a good question. Aside from everything. <laughs> <laughs> I really miss the club <laughs> so much. Yeah. Like, not even just to play in but just to be dancing in the crowd like I just want to I'm just gonna go watch a mate watch a mate DJ and just have have it out on the dance floor basically I didn't know how much I would miss I would miss the club <laughs> mm. just miss dancing I know you can dance at home I do anyway but it's such a different experience when you're there. being in that cramped sweaty place yeah, sweaty <laughs> oh I miss it <laughs> so freeing I know strangers yeah. I love it I know it's genuinely the first thing I want to do or uh or go to the cinema <laughs> <laughs> that's way more wholesome <laughs> really sweet. I miss it I just miss I miss things I wouldn't expect to miss <laughs> yeah I really miss beer gardens like I miss like sitting outside in the oh yeah with a friend yeah I'm probably gonna have to wait a bit because I reckon they're just gonna be rammed I know. <laughs> <laughs> England literally can't go but Clara thank you so much for chatting to us and being so open and sharing your experiences and um, where can people find you on the internet so on Instagram, it's BKLAVA underscore. And uh, you can also, it's the same for Facebook, uh, SoundCloud as well, Baklava DJ. And then, yeah, all streaming platforms, just Baklava, BKLAVA. <laughs> I'm in there. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And we will see you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> what up, let's.